in its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues. This station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. This is Live La Bella Vita with your host, Don Catherine. If you're looking to know all the latest beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. Do you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense? This is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita on Toginet with Dawn Catherine. If you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes from the vine to the bottle, If you love Italian food and want to learn Nana's recipes, you enjoy travel and want to know the best luxury destinations and resorts, love spending time with La Familia, does your business or passion allow you to live La Bella Vita? Let's find out. All that and a little more with an Italian flair. This is Live La Bella Vita on Togina.com. And now, here's your host, Don Catherine. And this is La Bella Vita show. And I am your hostess of the mostess. And this is our first show back for the new year, 2013. We're very excited to be back. And I hope that you poured yourself a glass of really good red, red, red wine, specifically from Italy. It actually makes it a little bit better if you do it from Italy, in my opinion. But uh, I hope you're ready for another great show. We are... Um, going to be talking about all the good things that are coming up in 2013 in Italy and uh, some information about Carnival, which is about to start in just a couple of weeks in Venice. And um, so we have some great things to talk about tonight. So if you are listening live, thank you for tuning in. If you happen to be listening on a podcast, thank you for downloading the podcast. And if you are listening live and you want to listen to future shows and you're not going to be able to uh, make this particular time slot, you can go to the Apple iTunes page and just put in a search for Don Catherine or the La Bella Vita show and you can subscribe for free to our podcast or you can go straight to the TogiNet webpage and download it straight from the webpage. So there you go and you can do that and you can actually leave some messages and give me some information about what you might want to hear on some upcoming shows or if you have any questions or whatever, you can do that at any time. So there you have it. So, you know, I have been off for several weeks. This show We've been on hiatus because, you know, we do decide to give our lovely staff there at TogiNet down there in Texas some time off so they can enjoy the holidays with their family and so that uh, me as a hostess can uh, go and have some fun with my family as well. So, um so that's going on. There's so much that has gone on in the last weeks that I have been on the air. I can't even begin to go through all of them. So I guess that I have to just kind of go with what's going on. So first of all, I just want to say bon anno and happy new year 2013 to everybody out there. I'm so excited. It's a new year. Last year was a little bit rough. Had lots of stuff going on. Issues with my house, a flood in my house and going through repairs right now and it's just been crazy but it's getting better every day um and the other thing about last year you know there was so much stress everybody was stressing out about 2012 because they thought it was going to be doomsday and the mayan calendar was ending we were all gonna just go into the dark abyss apparently and i just am happy to know that we are all still here what i find interesting is that all these people who prepped for Doomsday 2012, I mean, I have seen some 
interviews with people who spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars for these like underground bunkers and all of this food and all of these prep stuff that they have for these doomsday believers. And I just got to say, like, do you feel kind of, you know, what are you thinking about now that it's kind of passed? Like, I think it's kind of odd. And don't you think that maybe that money could be a little bit better spent? And not only that, besides the, the, the money and the, the, you know, kind of obsessing about the end of the world, do you really want to survive if everybody else is gone? You know, I, I just think that's kind of, I think that if it was up to me, I would just kind of go with everybody else. I don't know if I want to stay behind personally, but that's just me. So I am just glad that they were wrong. And here it is 2013 and it's a great new year and uh, it's going to be very prosperous and hopefully peace and love will go forth for this new year. So good news. Uh, my incantatos, what has me spellbound? There's so much going on. Um, I just have to, first of all, you all know that I'm a fashionista. I talk about fashion on the show constantly and I can't tell you how upset I am by the news that Vittoria Massoni and his wife have been missing. It's been almost six days now that his plane has disappeared. Um, in Venezuela, there is a 400 person search party looking for him down there. And I just hope to God that they are able to find him and that he can go back to his family and to his life back in Italy. And, um, it's just unfortunate. And I hope that, that, that we get good news and not sad news. So I send all my prayers to the Masoni family because I happen to be a very big fan of their clothing line. Um, Vittorio is the CEO and the company was headed by his father. And, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that just a bit. I just would like to say a bon capliano. Happy birthday to Duchess Kate. She turned 31 years old today and the palace said that she was uh, sharing a very private uh, day with her husband and, uh, not doing too much. I guess she can't do too much partying since she is with child. Uh, but I do wish her a very happy birthday. And I just have to tell you that, you know, I really haven't talked about it on any other shows. And you know that I kind of like when I like something, I'm totally obsessed with it. But that's just me. But Downton Abbey is on a show that's on PBS. And you kind of, it's exploded. Everybody, it's it's everywhere. It was even in the nightly news the other night. They were talking about the premiere of Downton Abbey. And I have to tell you, I adore that show. I actually... um, had rented the DVD for the first season and literally had like a nine hour marathon of just watching all the shows. And, uh, the next day I finished up the DVD and could not get enough. It's just like the best show ever. I think one of the reasons why I love the show so much, I, I love that period of time. And it, the great thing about the show is it does go through a certain a period of time. And so you do get to see the changes that go along, uh, the changes in technology, like the introduction of the telephone and them going from carriage to cars. So it's very, it's, you know, very interesting to see that kind of, uh, transpire and their reaction to this technology and these different things that are making their lives 
well, somewhat easier in some people's uh, minds and other people are kind of resistant to change. And um, But I love it. I think that uh, one of the reasons why I actually enjoy it quite a lot as well is because growing up in Rhode Island, of course, Newport was right down the street from where I was growing up at. And uh, so we saw all those beautiful mansions. And they do talk about Newport quite often on the show. And uh, you see these big, huge mansions. And you know that that's kind of how they lived there. So it's kind of, for me, I think it takes on a little bit of a different meaning, uh, more special meaning, because it reminds me and shows me what life was like in the state, in, in, in Rhode Island. Um, and the the culture of Newport and how they lived, it was just magnificent. So uh, I decided that I have um, totally been born into the wrong era. I, I definitely think that I should have been um, born back then because the idea of having somebody like I know we all can have assistance, but like to actually have a person that just does everything for you is a really good idea. And I know that sounds a little bit obnoxious, but you have to say, wouldn't it be nice to have somebody just to clean up after you to make sure like never to have to do your laundry or to do your cooking, although I do love to cook. But you get my point. I kind of think that that would be lovely, although it could get obnoxious after a while because, you know, everything seems kind of sounds, you know, good until you're actually put in that position. And then you're like, yeah, this is a little too much. You need I need my me space. But the idea of it really sounds fantastic to me right now. Um, so I hope that if you're not watching Downton Abbey, that you go and you get the videos and get yourself caught up because they just premiered the first episode last Sunday. And uh, I believe that you can go to like any of those places, you know, go to Netflix and Redbox. They all have uh, the past seasons, but get caught up. I'm telling you, you'll love it. It's so well done. And uh, you can't, uh, the, the actors and actresses are just absolutely phenomenal. And uh, you have Shirley MacLaine that came on uh, this last episode. She was fantastic. And uh, it's just phenomenal. So if you haven't got on the Downton Abbey train, you need to get on it because I'm like beyond obsessed now. So anyway, so that's uh, that. Um, so I have a wine pick, as always. Every show we have a wine pick for you. And this week is no exception. So we are going to, since we're going to be talking about Venice uh, a lot today in the show, I decided that we are going to pick a wine from the Veneto area. And so I have chosen today for our pick Zanato Vapolocella Superiore, Rapassa 2009. And you will be lovely to know that it's only about $29 a bottle. So it's a it's a pretty good um, price point for a superiori. But the winemaker, his notes on this particular wine is that the deep ruby red color of the Rapasa and the intense yet fine aromas come from the mixture of grapes. It's full-bodied, harmonic, and velvety on the palate. It's recommended with grilled meat dishes, and uh, it is... Uh, the reason why they call it Rapasa, it refers to a unique winemaking technique in which the wine undergoes a double formation for increased concentration and density. This is a bold, powerful, and tightly packed with cherry and exotic spice aromas. So you know that I love it because anytime I have a wine, you always know I love anything that has that cherry and uh, exotic spice aromas because I just love it. And I love a really heavy wine. So try that out. Uh, there's a Nato Vapolocello Superiore. And uh, check that out. So 
We have about two minutes until we're going to go to first break, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of a teaser as to what's coming up in the next segments. Uh, in the next segments, we are going to be talking about what's new in 2013. There's some really some great changes that have happened in some of the places around Italy and uh, uh, throughout the entire country, some things that are going to make your life a little bit easier, some that are going to make your pockets a little bit lighter, unfortunately. And then we're going to talk about Carnival 2013, which is going to be starting in a couple weeks. And of course, Venezia is not the only place that it takes place. So we'll talk about some of the other places that it takes place. And if we have a little bit of extra time left over, we're going to talk about the Michelin Italia Hotel Guide, which just came out for 2013. And you'll be surprised to know, and uh, it's very great to know, it's, that Italy has uh, added some more restaurants to its uh, stars, uh, three-star restaurants and two stars and one stars so we'll talk a little bit about that and where you can find that book so that if you are going on an italian excursion anytime soon that you can go ahead and uh, purchase that Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. And from thence, 
I had great desire to see Italy and came to Venice and from thence to Florence where I played before the Duke and got great favors. If it's good enough for Sting, it's good enough for us. This is Live La Bella Vita on Toginet. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita, all with an Italian flair. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. It's Live La Bella Vita. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. Welcome back. This is Dawn Catherine, and this is La Bella Vita Show. And we were just talking about um, all the things that we're going to be talking about on the show, which is what's new in 2013 and what's going on in Italy. And before we do that, I'm just going to give you a little uh, history about New Year's in Italy and what they do since it was only, you know, just a few, eight days ago that we celebrated. And uh, I know that we talked about this on several different shows about some of the traditions of the epiphany and what goes on in the uh, what uh, about Labathana. But uh, so on New Year's Day, um, it is a tradition that the Italians eat lentils, except me because I don't like them. Uh, but uh, they do. <laughs> it's supposed to bring you good luck. But uh, I guess maybe I just don't like them. I don't like any kind of beans. Um, but they do eat also panettone, uh, which is with. Um, Raisins. It's a nice little sweet kind of cake. And I do enjoy that. Trust me, I can get a lot of that. <laughs> I can eat the whole thing by myself. Those are great panettone. If you've never had it, try it. It's so good. But uh, they eat those um, because they are symbols of wealth and prosperity. So I guess at least I can account for half of that with the panettone. They also eat pandora, which is a golden cake that has a, a, that has a sugar frosting on it. I did not have that either. But, uh, but one of the things that we do, you know, when I was growing up when I was a kid, like when I was little, <laughs> and uh, I was still under my parents' roof, uh, we used to, on New Year's Eve, we would go out and break dishes after midnight <laughs> I know it sounds crazy but that's what we do us Italians were kind of crazy like that but uh, it's one of the superstitious things that uh, Italians do but they think that uh, you must make lo uh, loud noises so that you can scare away the old year so that the new year will stay so they kind of do that um, so and of course on January 6th was just a couple of days ago they celebrated the festa of the La Bafana which is the epiphany and the celebration of the three wise men going to see the baby Jesus and so all of those uh, festivals took place uh, the other night and uh, so they usually have a great pageant which shows the three wise men coming to the uh, nativity and to the manger and presenting the gifts to the baby Jesus and then also they burn the La Bafana they have a big bonfire and uh, in some certain cities the La Bafana will actually fly above and uh, it's sometimes it's a real person that flies above, or sometimes they have something that looks like a witch that flies above. Um, but if you don't know what La Bafana is, although I've explained it on the show several times, but Bafana is the history behind Bafana was that she was an old woman. And that uh, when she, when the three wise men were on their way to go see the baby Jesus, they stopped and asked her for um, 
you know, if they wanted her, she wanted to come. And um, she said she was too busy to clean her house and um, that she did not want to go on the journey with them. And then uh, she decided that she wanted to go after all. And then she searched and searched and could never find him. So she was kind of cursed to be this old lady who just could never find her way because she refused to go see the baby Jesus. So that's kind of the whole thing about La Bufana. So if you ever find yourself in Italy um, on Epiphany, many of the major cities have these uh, festivals of the Bufana, and I highly recommend that you go see them because it's something to be to be seen for sure. I've seen several uh, in Verona, in Padua, and in Venice. So definitely check it out. So... Okay, so let's just go on to what's new in 2013 because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of changes. Italy has more of Europe's cultural history than any other country, and the Italians are doing a fine job of sharing it with their visitors. The latest uh, is, for 2013 is in this list that I'm going to tell you about. And so when you're in Rome, Rome has made visiting the Vatican Museum even easier. You can often buy same-day skip-the-line tickets from the Tourist Information Office in St. Peter's Square. It'll cost you the same price as if you reserved online, 15 euro for a ticket plus a $4 reservation fee. But it's a, it's a great thing because... Uh, a lot of times you just, you know, you have to make the reservation, but being able to do it right in um, the tourist information office is a lot easier. Now, in Florence, if anybody has been to Florence, they know that there are massive crowds lined up to see the Florence's Cathedral, the Duomo, which you can go in for free. It doesn't cost you anything, but here is how you can skip the line. This is such a great tip from Rick Steves. I love Rick Steves. Uh, if you're planning to visit the cathedral-related sites, the Duomo Museum, Baptistry, and the Campanile, they require a combo ticket to see. So what you want to do is buy your tickets first at the less crowded museum, and you're allowed to use it to enter through the cathedral's exit by bypassing the lines at the front door. So this is a great tip. Uh, so if you're going to go to the Duomo and those things, definitely go into the crowd less crowded, and then you can kind of make your way to the more crowded and not have to wait to line, because I know it sounds crazy, but those lines are outrageous. Now, at Florence's Uvizi, Uvizi Gallery, it's undergoing a massive year-long renovations, and it definitely will bode well for all travelers. And although a few rooms are now off-limits, more rooms have been opened uh, to the public, such as the Caravaggio Room, which... If you know me, I'm an art history major. I was in school and love Caravaggio. He's one of my favorite artists. And they have a new form painter section featuring mostly Dutch and Flemish painters, including Rembrandt, and some also some Spanish and French artists as well. And it also in Florence, Lorenzo Gilberti's Renaissance-era baptistry doors featuring the original 10 bronze panels from the Gates of Paradise, which were crafted between 1425 and 1452 have been newly restored and are back on display in Duomo Museum. And I'm telling you, it's something to behold. You can't even imagine how beautiful these doors are and the craftsmanship that went into it. Also in Florence, um, through April through September, 
uh, late night hours sightseeing in Palacio Vecchio, the fortified palace where the Medici's ruled. Uh, the site generally stays open until midnight. Also, the Palacio Vecchio's tower has reopened to visitors, providing a great cityscape view. So definitely check it out if you are in Florence. Make sure you go to the tower. So I'm very excited that uh, it's going to be reopened because it was closed the last time I was there. Uh, and then, of course, Florence's Galileo Science Museum, which was recently renovated, has rearranged and dramatically updated its exhibits. Uh, it has video screens that are, are in English, um, have been added to many of the rooms to illustrate inventions and scientific principles. And you definitely want to go check that out if you are into the sciences. So in Venice, you know, one of my favorite cities in the world, the Academia, which is known for its great collection of Venetian Renaissance art, is open but still in a constant state of disarray. And this is a no truer statement <laughs> because I can tell you it's always, always, always in a constant state of disarray. Um, but it has a major expansion going on, and the renovation is dragging on for years, but that's just the way they do it over there. Everything takes about 20 years longer than it should. But the locations of the paintings isn't yet set, but the upside is the crowds have been died down quite a bit. There's no longer a need to reserve a ticket in advance, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because even though it's a little bit uh, disconcerting when you're there to go see some of the art, it's some of the paintings that are there are surely not to be missed. So good to know that you don't have to have the ticket if you just want to pop in. But um, so go check out the Academia. And of course, I've talked about this many times, to make the most of cruising Venice's Grand Canal on the public Vaporetto, which is the water buses, because of course, you know, there's no cars in Venice. Uh, you need to catch the boat at Piazza Roma just before the crowded train stop where you'll have your choice of seats. And uh, a few boats have seats in the bow with great views, so make a beeline for, for those seats. So um, that is some great news because when you get around the area of the train area, it's just crazy because everybody's waiting to get onto the train for their, and they're all getting off. But so do that. And I can tell you that that little, you know, being in the front of the boat and having an unobstructed view of going around the Grand Canal is just amazing, something you should definitely try to do. Um, formally presented every other year, the Venice Biennial, a world-class contemporary fair, is now an annual event, so it will be going on. Uh, it alternates between visual art and odd years and architecture and even years. The expedition spreads over the Arsenal and Giardini Park and usually runs from June through November. All right, so moving on from Naples to Cinque Terre, we have some different things that are going to be going on in those areas as well. In Naples, it's no longer necessary to make an appointment to see the Archaeological Museum's secret room with an assortment of erotic frescoes. Yes, I didn't say erotic. Pottery and statues that once dedicated the <laughs> decorated the bedrooms and the brothels at Pompeii and Herculeum. So you just might decide that you want to go see those rooms. The Cinque Terre is Italy's picturesque Riviera, is back to normal after two of its towns were badly damaged in the fall of 2011 from flooding. The towns in nearly all of the trails of the region are again open and ready for prime time. Um, there is a new parking garage that has opened up nearby and La Spezia train station, making it easier and safer for day trippers, day trippers to leave their cars and hop on the train to Cinque Terre, just so that you know. And of course, 
anytime that you go to Italy, you're going to leave your pockets a little bit lighter with your money. Uh, there's an extra tax now to generate funds during the economic, uh, time of economic uncertainty. More cities such as Venice, Florence, Padua, and Rome are levying a tax on hotel rooms. Tourists may pay the tax in cash at checkout. It varies from one to five euros per person per night and is based on how many stars the hotel has under the government rating system. While the Italian economy remains unpredictable, you're guaranteed to have a memorable trip in 2013. The Italian zest for life is as timeless as its ancient monuments. Go with an eye open to both Italy in the past and the Italy of the present. So we are going to be coming back in about 30, uh, we're going to be going break rather in 30 seconds and when we come back we'll be talking a little bit more uh, about Venice and talk about Carnivale in 2013. It's going to be starting in January 26, 2013. Carnival is amazing. We'll see you on the other side of the break. This is Don Catherine. is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on toginet.com. Second chances. We all deserve them. And we are all worthy of them. Second chances. With your host, Midge Noble. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on Toginet is like coming home to warm, fresh-baked cookies. A hug from Grandma. Or an enthusiastic greeting from your dog. Second Chances, hosted by Midge Noble, a licensed professional counselor, is affirming, warm, genuine, validating, and thought-provoking. Second Chances is a place to be heard, a place to laugh, a place to cry, and a place to be seen. For more on Midge and Second Chances, check out MidgeNobleSecondChances.com. Then be a part of a show that will change how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Give yourself the gift of second chances and see where it will take you. So take a deep breath, open your heart, open your mind, and join host Midge Noble for Second Chances. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Get ready for resources, tools, and support to help you build a successful business and live an awesome life. It's the Women's Business Success Show with your host, founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each show will feature a special guest interview. Tara will bring you highly successful entrepreneurs sharing their stories of success. You'll hear about the challenges they faced along their journey together with the advice they have to help you achieve more. You'll also hear from various personal and business development experts sharing tips, solutions, and strategies that you can easily implement into your business and life for amazing results. For more on Tara and her show, check out her website, aofwe.com. Then join us for the Women's Business Success Show with your host, the founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Como bella c'è la luna, brilla e strette, strette come butto, belle faste già. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. All with an Italian flair. 
It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. And welcome back. This is Don Catherine, and this is La Bella Vita show. And we are talking about Italy in 2013. And one of the first events that's going to be coming up in 2013 is Carnivale. And Carnival is something that starts every year in either late January or early February and is one of the premier Carnival celebrations. And the event includes mass balls, parades on the canals, and special events in Piazza San Marco and other squares throughout the city. People are in elaborate costumes. They fill the streets and there's this huge party atmosphere and there's an old saying that anything goes during a carnival. <laughs> and then there's also Reggio, which is on the Tuscany coast. It's one of Italy's other top places to celebrate carnival. It draws over a million visitors to its carnival parades that feature huge paper mache floats and uh, can rival the uh, Brazilian carnivals, um, but the, uh, some of Italy's carnival events are unusual, such as the orange throwing battle um, and uh, some of those other things that they do. They have performers on horseback by costume riders. There's all sorts of things that go on. The one thing that I will tell you if you are going to make your way to Venice during carnival is to make sure that you plan ahead and book your hotels well in advance for carnival season. It is very, very competitive. Uh, every place is usually sold out uh, quite early. And uh, you definitely want to make sure that you get your reservations and get your hotel booked early. Um, I would say that in Venice, Carnival is pretty rowdy. <laughs> um, even though it's kind of, you know, Venice can be very laid back, but I think during Carnival, it just kind of has a little bit of extra flavor to it. There's a lot of public entertainment to be had. You'll have, there's lots of things going on, like in the piazzas that you don't have to pay for. Some of the private masquerades balls, you will have to pay to go in. But um, there's lots of fireworks that go on during Carnival, so you definitely want to uh, check those out. Um, one of the things that I can say about Carnival is that some of the best part of celebrating the Carnival is going and getting costumes if you want to. Some of the best shops, there's millions of, obviously, mass shops in Venice, and they all, well, not all, but most of them, also sell these elaborate costumes that you can use and uh, purchase to wear during the Carnival. And they're big, huge Renaissance-looking um, costumes that you can use and of course it's adorned by a mask that are just so beautiful. Now one of the reasons why we celebrate Carnival and the the the, the mask that people wear was way back in the day they decided that because of the way that the society was um, you know you had people that had money and the people who didn't have money during Carnival time it was the only time that everybody kind of had a level playing field because everybody was masked so you couldn't tell who they were so you were able to be treated well despite your status and you were able to uh, kind of walk around to do things that some of the aristocrats could do that maybe particularly that the normal everyday person was not allowed to do so that was the kind of a cool thing so I kind of think about that today what it would be like to you know 
what uh, that must have been like to go around and just kind of pretend that you were somebody that you may not have certainly have been. And uh, I can tell you that there was lots of intrigue, you know, a lot of scandal things going on when people were behind masks and knowing who, who was really who. And so there was a lot of dalliances that were going on. So, you know, that's why it kind of all kind of had like a little bit of a reputation for a while. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, they kind of somewhat cleaned it up. But, uh, but uh, I would definitely say most of the hotels that are high-end will hold mass balls, and uh, there are smaller ones and private events that you can go to. Um, you know, attendance for at a ball, including costume, can run about 500 euro. So that's, um, in American dollars, it's probably about $750. So it is quite um, expensive to go to one of those events. There are more formal carnival events, uh, private parties, masquerade balls. Um, they all require reservations way ahead of time. So again, plan ahead if you want to go to uh, one of those. Um, I would actually say, you know, a lot of people will tell you to stay, you know, outside of Venice and just make your way into Venice. And I have to say, traveling in and out of Venice is very is easy. But when you add in that the fact that people are going to be visiting at the normal rates that people come into Venice every day anyway, and then you just add the mix of Carnival on top of it, it's just kind of a little bit more intense. So I would definitely recommend that anybody going there stay for sure in a hotel right in Venice proper. Do not go out to some of the outskirts. If you can, ha you know, if you can do that. I mean, if it's a, if I always tell people if it's a choice between not going and going, then always do the second option because you want to be able to enjoy an event. Um, don't miss out on it just because you might not be able to have your first choice. But I would recommend that you definitely stay in Venice proper and uh, it was just much easier for you to, to do so. Um, so besides that, they actually, you know, all of the, um, a lot of the boats that go down, the canals are all um, embellished a little bit more than normal for Carnival. So that's always interesting to see. And uh, a lot of these mass balls, um, you know, that you can go to are just exquisite. They're in huge lots. Some of them are in hotels. Some of them are in high-end palazzos. And it's uh, a little bit of a... Um, a little bit of a glimpse of what it was like back then. I think it's so it's it's fantastic, and it's such you know uh, it's just it is a party atmosphere. There you know the little kids just love it. They're running around throwing confetti in the air, and uh, it's uh, it's it's a funny thing. One of the last times that I was there because um, uh, I was there in April, and uh, Carnival uh, Easter was late that year. So when I was actually in Venice, when I was walking around in certain places, you could still see the the uh, confetti from Carnival that was still strewn among the streets and like the little cubbies that had not been quite swept yet. So it was kind of funny. Um, but yeah. So definitely go and check it out. And of course, like I said, uh, the other place in Tuscany that you can go to is another choice. And those, when I was talking about the the big, huge floats that they do have, obviously it's a little bit different in Venice because it's all a bunch of canal, you know, canals and bridges. So they don't have much room, but over in Tuscany, they have these big, huge floats, and they are 
always go, you know, the one thing I can say about the Italians is they go, always go way out of control and it's always over the top in these big, huge floats and it's such a party atmosphere. So, you know, it's not just um, in Venice where you can celebrate Carnival. So check out some of the different areas. And every town does a little bit of something. You know, it might just be a small little festival here or a small, you know, festival there. But, you know, everybody kind of takes part. But obviously Venice is known first and foremost for the for the carnival. And um, so that will be running January 26th through uh, the middle um, to end of February, I believe. And uh, so I just got an email not that long, uh, about a day or so ago that says that there's some really good flights going out to uh, Italy. So you might want to check it out if that sounds like it's going to be fun to you. So uh, some great deals on some airfare going over there. So if you uh, want to get your carnival on, I think you should take a trip over there <laughs> and uh, check it out because you will have a lot of fun. Um, some of the... Um, some of my favorite hotels that I think that if you want to stay and you really want to have a really good time, um, there's several hotels that I particularly prefer. Um, and you know, it just depends on what you want, but a really beautiful four star hotel is hotel Fascari palace. And it's a four rated star hotel in the Conoraggio district and uh, near the Cadioro Palace and it's been recently renovated and the hotel faces the Grand Canal and uh, so I think it's a really nice place to go you might want to check that out but there is plenty of hotels that are beautiful that you can go and stay at the Hotel Palazzo Abadessa which is a 16th century Venetian uh, with fresco ceilings and 18th century furniture is officially classified as a town house, house suites first category and uh, it has a private dock a garden it has air conditioning which is always uh it's always lovely during the summertime to have air conditioning because not every hotel does in Italy. Um, but that's also another place that I could recommend for you to go to. And also the Hotel uh, Alla Calamadia, Comedia is a four-star hotel in Campa San Luca in front of the Gildandi Theater and is close to the Rialto Bridge. And this hotel it has rooms um, and amenities that are include air conditioning, inlet, and it has a panoramic terrace that overlooks some of the canal so uh, when we come back we're going to be going on break in just a, about a minute or so we are when we come back we're going to talk about michelin's italia hotel guide and i'm going to give you just a little bit more information about some of the great things that you can see and do in carnivale um, but um, one of the one things that I want to talk to you about as well as um, in 2013, um, we are going to be, my company, La Bella Vita Cosmetico and Luxury Goods, is going to start taking reservations for our 2014 uh, tour of Italy, and we are going to be coming out with some of that information so if any of you are interested in going to Italy and seeing all of the sites we are going to be doing that in 2014 and we will have all of the information about the itinerary and uh, the details of what the cities we are going to hit and um, 
some of the special things that we're going to do on our tours that are different than some of the other tours that are out there. And um, it is going to be hosted by yours truly. And uh, I will be your travel guide along with some of <laughs> some of the uh, really great tour guys that I know over in Italy who will be helping me out as well. So if you're interested in a trip that is going to include some great sights, some art, some wine, some fashion, then you definitely want to check it out. So this is Don Catherine. It's La Bella Vita Show. We're going to be coming back in the last segment, and let's talk about some great restaurants in Italy in 2013. is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. Bésame, bésame Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Do you ever feel like you're the invisible woman? Too polite to be political? Too nice to be real? Tame, even though you really want to be unleashed? Like you're living in a fairy tale without the happy ending? Well, Cinderella has left the ball, and it's time to wake up and break up with our own self-imposed glass slippers and ceilings. Welcome to Le Chic Speak, the polite woman's guide to self-expression, with your host, Jen Duchenne. Le Chic Speak is the Woohoo Radio Network's resident radio show dedicated to helping women turn on their power and turn up the volume of their voices so you can be seen, heard, appreciated, and celebrated. Join us on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time for your weekly dose of Le Chic Speak with your host, Jen Duchenne, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. You love Italian food. You admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense. You love travel and luxury destinations and resorts. This is your show. All with an Italian flair. It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. 
Welcome back. This is Don Catherine in the Silo Bella Vita show, and I am happy we've had a great little show so far. I'm telling you all about the different things that are going on in 2013 in Italy and um, have officially announced the 2014 tour of Italy with me. <laughs> so I hope that all you um, who listen and who are Italian lovers uh, decide to join me once we make the official announcement and announce the itinerary because it is going to be a great time. I trust you with that. Um, before we get into the um, Michelin Italian Hotel Guide and go into some of uh, the information about that and uh, what's going on over there, I did want to tell you about, this is really cool, um, it has nothing to do with Italy, but you know, I just kind of thought about it during the break that I want to talk about this. Uh, several years ago, my father had bought me um, a, well, he bought from a uh, antique store some love letters, and um, these love letters were written by a woman whose husband in 1943, whose husband Jasper was in the war, and um, there's about 30-ish letters that were written, and of course back then, because technology isn't what it is today, they were pretty rather long letters, and um, so I have thought that I wanted to um, go ahead and try to see if maybe I could find the owners of these letters because they were quite lovely. And um, I had kind of put it off, but um, I have decided that um, these letters are so lovely and I think they need to be shared with the world. And I'm going to start reading them. I'm going to do a YouTube video every day and I'm going to read the letters. And um, I'm in the process of trying to find family members of these people and um, Jasper and uh, his wife, Muriel. And uh, it's really amazing. And I guess what made me think about this was talking about Downton Abbey at the beginning of the show and how much I love it. Uh, one of the things I love about these letters is the fact that when Muriel is talking to Jasper, she talks about you know, how they're finding out news about the war. And she talks about... Um, you know, her and her family, her parents, she's staying with her parents while he's in, you know, away. And, um, you know, that they are gathered around the radio and that newspapers, you know, every time a newspaper would come out, the demand was such high, it was so high that the, the papers would sell out. And of course, the um, materials and the things were, you know, that they needed to do a lot of things were not available because of the war. So it was quite, it's really quite interesting. And I thought it was just so amazing that in one of her letters that she writes about uh, the, the first time that they heard about VJ Day, Victory Over Japan, and that, you know, that there was lots of, um, talk about that they you know that the Japanese were going to give up and how happy she was to think that that meant that he would be coming home and uh, so it's really lovely and um, you know just the things the way that they talk and she, she actually talks about driving um, these letters when she's writing these letters she's actually driving from Santa Ana California in some of them and making her way back to West Hartford Connecticut uh, where they resided, and she talked very much about um, this lovely little camp that they had up in Maine that they would visit, and she talked about in every single one of her letters how much she missed her husband Jasper and how much she wished he was there, and it's just kind of um, a really amazing thing to kind of be able to, although I don't have any letters from Jasper to her, I have um, in the letters 
him responding, you know, her responding to some of the things that he has said in her letters. So I kind of get a little bit of a sense of what he was telling her and kind of their little back and forth banter. Um, in one of them, she talks about how she goes to the hairdresser and that the hairdresser cut her hair too short and how she got a, a permanent wave and she looks like a poodle. And it's kind of funny because I guess in his next letter or to, you know, follow up letters after he received that one, that, um, he basically said that he hoped that she had grossed her hair out. And um, so it's it's just kind of really, really, really cute. Um, but I have done a little research, so I do have some um, new intel on the situation. And I'm so excited because I want to unfold this in, like, the cutest way ever because I just think that their story needs to be told. And I don't think that sometimes we realize that um, when people are going over and fighting our wars that it's the people that are left behind. I mean, I personally right now don't have anybody who's in military service. Of course, you know, my uncles and my grandfather were huge military people. and um, But personally right now I don't have anybody over there. So I don't have that longing. But to, to see and to hear, well, not to see, but to hear her desperation for her husband to come home and her biggest desire to have children with him and, and – um, it's just as sweet as can be, and it just goes to show you how much that military families go through. And um, so it's 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 going to be really interesting to see if, um, you know, once I go through the letters and I do a little bit more research, if I can make these letters find their way back to her family somehow, as some descendant of their family, so that they can, you know, have this little piece of history and and see what she went through and how much she loved her husband. And so I think that it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun to, to do that. And, um, the one thing I will have to say too is, you know, I, she was talking about driving, which I thought was so hilarious, but I, you know, you never really think about it. But the one thing they talked so much about was they were so concerned about running out of gas because apparently of, you know, you, you know, that there was some gas rationing going on, but they were re- really fearful when they were driving about, um, about the amount of gas that they were using in her father. She was driving cross country with her father and her mother and about how the father was obsessed about making sure the ear pressure and the tires were right and obsessed about you know f- about how much miles per gallon and the uh, kind of car that they were driving i can't recall at that moment but it was just really adorable um you know they were talking about you know she's like you'd be so proud to know that the little car made it over the hills of denver and the mountains of denver so it's just really cute so i will keep you updated on my little works um uh with this little project of mine and um i hope that i can document it both um through youtube and i hope that maybe if i am ever able to uh connect with a family member that um i literally I'm so taken by this uh, Muriel and Jasper with their letters that I really would like to go and meet um, to go and meet any family that I can track down and literally hand them these letters and see if I can see a picture of her or find out what what kind of person she turned out to be. So that's interesting. So that's that. I'll let you let you guys know about that. So anyway, so let's get back to Italia now. Um, so the uh, Michelin Italia Hotel and Restaurant Guide for 2013 is out and recommends 307 restaurants in Italy. People, do you know how amazing that is? Compared with 295 in 2012 uh, in that edition of the 
book. And in 2011, there was only 276. So they just keep on pressing out real good <laughs> restaurants in Italy. It's the 58th edition of the guide, and it confirms outstanding ability of Italian restaurateurs to offer quality cuisine. It also reveals Italy's cuisine continued vitality with the emergency of a new generation of young chefs, some of who received their first five stars and others moved up to their second. Despite their youth, half of the chefs are under age of 35 and four are age 26 to 29, but all of them charmed their inspectors. In 2013, this selection, Lombardi, confirms its premier ranking with 56 starred restaurants, followed by Piedmont area with 38. Third rank is Campania with 32 starred restaurants. It's the fastest improving with six new entries this year in, in the region with the largest number of two-star establishments. Uh, Italy has seven three-star 39 two-star and 261 one-star restaurant. Now, as a comparison, just so you kind of get an idea, Germany has 10 three-star restaurants, the UK has four, and New York City has seven. Now, the guide honors a new three-star restaurant, the Piazza Duomo Alba in Alba, Quino, whose chef Enrico Crippa proposes highly creative, top-quality dishes deeply rooted in the local tradition. Three new restaurants were awarded two stars, and that is Antica Osteria Sira in Lughetto, the Campagna Lupia in Venice, the Ali Amici in Udine, which I got... I always have a thing with Udine because, or Udine, depending on how you pronounce it, um, is because I got stuck there. I fell asleep on the train going back from Padua to Venice. I was by myself at that particular time, and um, I was going from Padua back into Venice, and I fell asleep on the train, and I ended up in Udine, which is literally like an hour and a half away. And when I got to Udine... Um, I uh, got there at like 1 o'clock in the morning, and um, there were no trains back until the next day. <laughs> so I was stuck in the train station with a drunk Pakistani. Good times. Um, so one of the things that I'll be writing in my book, no worries, you'll get to hear that story for sure. So that, uh, so, and also the, I want to give it its due, the La Chorta in uh, Riva Dutri, Lazio, and 10 new restaurants earned their first star. So the uh, Michelin Italia Hotel and Restaurant Guide, it was cost about 23 euro, which is probably about 30 bucks here in the States, but uh, it covers 3,824 hotels throughout Italy and 2,704 restaurants. So lots for of information for you. Uh, they are always on top with their recommendations for hotels and for their uh, for the restaurants. So I definitely would trust them. It's one of the one one of the guides that I is kind of one of my go-to Bibles when I'm looking for restaurants in Italy. So check it out. So believe it or not, we're down to one minute left on the show. And as I always say, I would love to thank my producer, Anna, down there in Texas. And it's pouring cats and dogs down there. And, uh, uh, and of course, all of that lovely weather seems to somehow make its way to my neck of the woods. So um, I really would hope that it would stop raining in Texas so it doesn't rain here. But um, so I hope that you have enjoyed the show. And I've given you a little 
little bit of insight about what's going on in Italy for 2013 and what you can do when you go over there. And, of course, we always talk about Italy on this show, so there will be more of that to come. We have some great shows coming up in the next few weeks, and we will see you uh, next week on the next La Bella Vita show with Don Catherine and my producer, Anna, and uh, everything else. So if you are uh, going to download the show, go do Apple, iTunes, or toginet.com and find out more information about the La Bella Vita show. I'm Don Catherine. This is La Bella Vita show. We'll see you next week. Arrivederci. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for being a part of